0: This is episode number 95 of the Social Hub podcast, which means you will find all the links and relevant notes for this incredible conversation over at all the W's, forward slash 95. You're listening to the Social Hub podcast, a place where we give small brands the skills and know-how to master all their social media, digital and content marketing. I'm your host, Stacey Cranich, mum, champagne drinker, and self-confessed karaoke queen. Join me in a journey of real conversations and meaningful messages that will help you grow in your business and life, so you can have the most epic version of both. If you have a big vision and are ready to shine, then grab a cuppa or a cocktail and listen in. friend how are you how's your week been we are smack bang in the middle of october and looking down the barrel of christmas o-m-g how did this year go so fast like i can't even deal to be honest right now if you're new to this podcast i'm stacey marie hola nice to meet you I'm a digital business coach, podcaster, course creator, certified soul modes mentor, mother, cat owner, wife, friend to many, country girl at heart, and all round chick who likes to chat. I help women in business scale their businesses with social media, online courses, digital products and podcasting with simple strategies that are easy to understand, implement and action so that you can do business and life without the mum guilt or burnout. Today's conversation is a special one, as I think it's one of the key things to being able to do business and life without the mum guilt or burnout, and that is understanding our feminine cycle. Yep, we're talking periods, cervical mucus and all the things in between today and how we can use that energy that essentially is us as women to do business and life in more flow. This conversation has a special place in my heart for two reasons. One is it was the study of how my own cycle could help me work with my own energy that led me to soul modes. And as you know, I'm a certified soul modes mentor and help women work with that energy cycle regularly. If you want to find out more about soul modes, please head to my website or the W's, the forward slash soul modes. Um, and I do have some previous episodes on the podcast that talk about that as well. This journey helped me become more aware of my body how incredible it is, and how we have been taught as women to just give ourselves a pill for things that make us unique rather than fix them at a core level. The other reason that I love this conversation is that I have daughters embarking on their own feminine cycle, and I want to give them a better and more rich life experience with their body than I've had with my own. So in walks Hannah Fenner from The Body Blueprint, who is our guest today, and who's going to help us unpack this conversation? Hannah is a certified fertility awareness educator, body literacy warrior, and incredibly proud mum and wife. She fell into charting while experiencing a four-year journey with fertility. And throughout that time underwent IUI and IVF and saw doctor after doctor. But it wasn't until she was finally introduced to the fertility awareness method that things began to change. She uncovered multiple hormone issues and and with this knowledge was able to advocate for her health and conceive naturally. Seeing those results firsthand helped her decide to become an accredited educator so she could help other women like her learn how to truly understand their fertility, regain confidence in their body and help them finally experience change. Hannah is a fierce advocate for having access to uncensored and factual information so that we can make more informed choices about our health and well-being, and this includes hormonal birth control. Hannah now helps women all around the world to get back in touch with their unique body blueprint, embrace the bodies and the wisdom of their menstrual cycle to either fast-track their time to pregnancy or avoid pregnancy without the use of hormonal birth control. I cannot wait for you to hear this conversation and find out more about Hannah, because I can honestly say that when we recorded this, I learned so much just from conducting the podcast interview. And now I will be doing some of my own work with Hannah to help me with my own journey, with my own body and my own fertility and hormones as well something that I've been wanting to do for quite a long time. So for now, I'm going to hand over and let you listen to to Hannah and her wisdom and let her magic warm your ears. All right, welcome, Hannah, to today's episode of the podcast. I am thrilled to be having this conversation because, as most of my audience know, I'm super into managing energy um, and a big part of managing energy is man- managing our feminine cycle. And as as women, we often, you know, just try to grin and bear it or put our big girl panties on and get through things. But we're actually not built to do that <laughs> at all. Yeah. Um, and so it's really cool to have you on here to, to talk about this. So I want to hand over to you straight up. And can you just introduce yourself and tell everyone a
1: little bit about you and your business? Thanks, Stacey. So good to be here. Um, I'm Hannah. So I um, run the Body Blueprint and um, I'm located on the mid-north coast of New South Wales in Nabucca Heads. I have a very busy little three-year-old and um, a husband and um, I'm a fertility awareness educator. So um, essentially, I fell into this line of work um, after experiencing about a four-year kind of journey with infertility. Um, and I, throughout that journey, I realised that I knew very little about my myself, my menstrual cycles, my menstrual cycle health, um, and and I, I find now in my work that a lot of women don't realise actually how little we do know about our bodies and our menstrual cycles until something actually goes wrong. Um, but I learnt to chart my cycles as part of that long journey. Um, and was able to uncover a lot of things that were going on hormonally and I had support to fix that. And I eventually conceived naturally by understanding my natural rhythms and when I'm fertile and when I'm not fertile and all that amazing stuff. Um, So I had my little boy. I then decided, look, um, I want to do something with this because I'm really passionate about it and I want to help other women to, um, you know, sidestep some of those fertility challenges that I had and um, I became a... Fertility awareness educator. Um, when my son was about one and a half, and um, I have been working in that in that area ever since. Love that. And um,
0: you know, I I'm almost forty two, and I can honestly say, like I had my girls. Um, I was in my twenties when I was going through my journey, and um, I suffered from miscarriages. So that I didn't have a problem falling pregnant, but I had a problem maintaining pregnancy. And you know, when you know, I had a little bit of a break from trying and then we went back to try again and um had, you know, gone and seen, no, she was called the baby doctor. No, no, it wasn't even the baby doctor, it was she was a herbalist, right? Yeah. And um, when well natural and that's when I learned about charting my cycle. But to be honest, I still didn't really learn much else other than take my temperature. And it will tell me when I'm ovulating and it hasn't been until really the last, I would say, probably five years or so, five to seven years, I've paid more attention to my own feminine cycle and what that means to me. And I've learned more about my own body in the last mm. five years or so. And <laughs> I think particularly to, and I know this is true for a lot of women I talk to around, you know, 40s is once you come off or want to come off contraception is then you're kind of forced to really. Understand your cycle again because I was on contraception for only nearly twenty years. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it wasn't—it <laughs> wasn't much natural stuff going on. So my whole point is that, uh, like, so many women don't understand their cycle. I think it's—it's it's mm-hmm. a conversation that's happening more and more, and it's a conversation I'm so here for. But um, yeah, definitely something that you know, in modern day society, we're still very much out of touch with, and have been taught to be out of touch with it. So. Yeah. First off, can we just kind of go through the phases of our cycle and what yep. they mean and what they do so we can get a bit of an understanding that way? Yeah,
1: sure. Um, so there's like in more that, that the clinical sense, I guess, when you talk about the phases of the cycle, it kind of depends how you want to break it down. But there's essentially like menstruation and then it's a pre-ovulatory window, there's ovulation and then there's post-ovulation. Um, and, and you you mentioned it right then when you are talking about um, women, we're, we're, we're cyclical beings. So we have this beautiful sort of symphony of hormones that are happening each and every cycle. And it um, it begins at the beginning. We have not much hormonal activity going on at that very beginning. And then our hormones start to really ramp up. We move to the middle of our cycle where they're at their peak and ovulation occurs. And then they sort of drop back off again. So we have that hormonal cycle that happens each and every month. Um and and if you want to sort of talk about that in, in terms of like living cyclically, um, I like to also break it down into sort of inner seasons. So working with um, those phases as inner seasons as well. So in the in the concept of like winter, spring, summer, and autumn as well, which is I know is similar to um, the, the work that you do as well.
0: Yeah. And still working with energy. So and I've I've heard yeah, of, that's it. I've, I've heard of our cycle referred to before as seasons. And mm. it really lines up really perfectly because it's like you're when you when you have your period, that's like winter, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Winter.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. energy is really low, your hormones are low. Um, it's really I find that for me, winter is really about like reflecting on the previous cycle, working out what didn't didn't work. That sort of thing, um, really pushing a bit of a restart button and setting your attentions for the next for the next cycle or this cycle to come. Um, so, and when you sort of relate that to business, um, yeah, it's sort of a, for me personally, it's a time in the cycle where I I do a lot of um, a lot of goal setting, a lot of planning for my cycle, but not a lot in terms of um, actively going out and putting things into action because yeah. it's a time where. We really need to, you know, take a step back and 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 lower the the output,
0: <laughs> yeah. so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um and you know, like I always, you know, winter to me feels like a hibernating bear, really, which is yeah. <laughs> like
1: bear mode. Yeah, so you refer modes. to it as bear mode. Yeah yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Which um, which, you know, soul modes is an energetic cycle that we go through quite quickly. But even when I do, when I, you know, do have my period. My bare modes are very, very, and it's very much feels like hibernation to me. It's like I just want to go inward and, you know, there's not, like you said, not a lot of output, a bit of reflection, um, definitely some self-care, like lots of that <laughs> stuff going on when you're in that phase. Yeah. And so then yeah. after,
1: after you have your period, it's like springs. That's yeah, like the spring, spring. phase. Yeah, so you're, yeah, so you're in the spring mode. Yep. Yeah. Yeah yeah the hormones are returning and that's where they start that's really where the hormones start to rev up so when i say rev up they start to spring into action um follicle stimulating hormones start to launch and, and develop our follicles so that we can move closer to ovulation um and the body's wanting us to to conceive um so that's that's the whole mechanism that's taking place there but that's that's the spring um mode and, and in that mode you would be more logical um more confident um you're able to sort of start to put some of those things that you've planned out into action so um things are revving up and it, if you liken it to spring in the environment you know that the animals are starting to come to life the, the the plants are coming to life so it's that 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 similar contrast um with our natural cycles as well yeah and then so when you
0: ovulate is that like your summertime yeah like yep. you're ready to yep. party so that's, that's how i've always been yeah like, you know like summertime's like <laughs> Give me a champagne. I'm going to a party. Yep, <laughs> it's Christmas. Absolutely. It's very festive, and it's yep. like, oh, that's like your body when it's ovulating. It's like, yeah, man, ready to have this baby. Like, ready to make a baby. <laughs>
1: it's party yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your libido is high. You know, you're playful yeah. because the estrogen levels are at their peak, and that's when ovulation is taking place. So that's why we feel all of that. That more that that energetic kind of um nature comes out around around summer or in that um in that part of the phase um yeah. i don't know if you saw on my instagram i did a, a post um a really interesting study where they looked at um lap dancers actually um on, on this one study and it was shown that women around ovulation that were professional dancers actually were um were shown to earn significantly more around ovulation than other parts of the cycle so it's like that that full energy is is um is is in play there. So yeah, yeah every, that's where everything's happening. You're putting all those plans that you've made in those the winter and spring seasons into action and yeah. creating the content and, and doing the things. So yeah,
0: and and all your pheromones are out. So your partner'd be loving you. He'd be he'd yep. be picking up what you're putting down at that time.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, there's actually studies to to show that um, women are actually more attractive to men during that phase as well yeah so yeah. It's, um, yeah yeah
0: <laughs> interesting and then so the yeah. then the phase before that like so your autumn before you go back into your period like what where how would you feel in that phase
1: so in the autumn so we refer to it as autumn um so essentially in that part of the cycle you're going to have um progesterone is the dominant hormone in that part of the cycle and it's going to be high and progesterone is really important for a lot of things like it, it normalizes blood sugar um levels it protects your brain it promotes um you know, a, a sense of calm. So it promotes good mental health, well being, all of that sort of stuff. So that's really good at that high levels. But what happens is it takes a bit of a plummet if fertilization hasn't happened. Um and in preparation for the next cycle to begin, it takes a plummet. So that in that cycle is when you probably have less of a, for lack of better words, a bullshit meter, <laughs> less of a less less, less tolerance, I should say, for people, um, but, and you're probably going to be a little bit more hormonal. Um yeah, in that, in that part of the cycle as you come back around to begin it all again. Yeah, cool. I love
0: that. And um, it's, you know, I think we can all see those parts, those those energy cycles in us. And like you said before, we're cyclical beings and that's something I say a lot myself is that, um, you know, we have women have life, our own life phases, like the the maiden, mother, mega and crone phase, which are very, um, you know, very different energies and serve different purposes we have i feel like women really experience the seasons as well it's like you know i know when spring comes around i'm like it's like i I almost feel like i can see the like cinderella it's almost like the birds are coming down from the sky it's like yeah get me outside i'm so so over winter yeah and it's the same in our own feminine cycle and i see it in soul modes as well like when we go through Mm -hmm. our energetic cycles and um This is why I love having these conversations because all these different cycles that we go through as women, we can see them so clearly when we're open to them and we can then use them to plan for our life and kind of hack our energy in a way to make Mm -hmm, sure we're doing things at the right time that uh, we're better suited to be doing it. So. In terms of of energy, like in business, like let's just relate it back to business because there's a lot of people hmm. on here are uh, business people. Um, with those with those seasons or those phases of your cycle, how can we use them to kind of hack our energy?
1: Yeah. So um, how I use them um, personally is, I, what I try and do is in my winter phases. So like when I'm when I'm having my period, when I'm menstruating. Um, that's the time where I try and plan out my month. So do that goal setting, really reflecting and and setting my intentions, thinking about what it is that I want to achieve that month, but not doing too much in terms of putting it into action yet. So um, if we can really, what I find is if I do it this way, It always works out better if I try and structure it that way, not trying to do it all at once. So if you're really working with your energies and and really trying to plan it in that winter phase and then when you move into the spring phase and you're starting to to have that lift in energy and that lift in hormones, that's when you sort of can start putting some of those things into place. So um, that's where I might, for me, if it's like social media content creation or something, that's when I might start um, actually putting some of those um, ideas to paper, if that makes sense, and and I would also look at taking on more clients around that spring and summer phase because I'm more I've got more energy I'm more able to to cope with that the added sort of stuff that comes with all of that, um, and then um, and then yeah just uh, for me it's more about sort of scheduling my time around when I know I'm able to cope with that emotionally um, and yeah. and energetically as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, when I've
0: spoken to people about this and I talk a lot about this stuff, obviously, you know, soul modes is the modality that I work in a lot, but I do talk Mm. about feminine cycles with my clients too. And I'm like, you know, in that that season, like, when you're ovulating, like, that's a great time to do live streams and Mm. to be, like, you know, doing cool stuff like that because you feel so good and you're, like, you're high energy and you're putting out all those great vibes and it's, like, a really cool time. To do that yeah whereas like I would never plan a launch or a master class or a live training session when I have my period because I'm yes. not I don't have like you said it's low output I don't have the energy for it but even when you're yeah. talking about the like the you know that autumn phase where you do that kind of no bullshit meter it's so true like I know <laughs> that that kind of week to 10 days before I get my period. I can't overload my diary too much either. Because as a coach and a mentor, if I'm going back to back to back to back to back with people, the person, the fourth person, that person who gets me as number four on that day, I I'm probably done (laughs) (laughs) by that point, you know. Not in terms of energy, in terms of tiredness, but in probably in Mm -hmm. terms of tolerance. Yes. Yeah. Whereas and earlier in my cycle, would be the I'm, like, I'm so tolerant. I'm just like loving everyone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I probably wouldn't be the best part in your in your cycle or, um, to to sort of make decisions as well. So it's sort of because yeah. you're more. I guess you're more hormonal as well, and you're more emotional. I guess you're not hormonal, more, more emotional at that part of the cycle. So um, yeah, when, when you when you learned to really get in touch with with your cycle and in tune with your menstrual cycles. It's it's a game changer. It really is when you can really start to plan everything out and work with your cycles instead of working against it. So yeah, yeah.
0: And I guess everyone's different too. Like we're none of us are the same. So every single person is going to have different ways that those parts of our cycle present for us as well. Like yes, certain things that we're good at at certain stages of our cycle. Um, but it's awareness, right? Awareness is key. Mm. Like, okay, so this absolutely is, this is what what are where I'm potentially at in terms of energy. So how can I plan that? And I think the more in tune you get, the easier it becomes. Like I just use, I have an Apple, so Apple phone. So I use the health app on my Mm -hmm. phone and -hmm. I just put in when I get my period every month. And then when I'm mapping out the things that I'm doing for the following month, I've always got in my mind, right, that week, don't overschedule yourself. Um, Block out a couple of extra days. Make sure you've got maybe an hour between a podcast interview and then an interview with a client or something. To give myself that space whereas earlier in the month I don't have to do that so much I can go from back to back yeah and I've got the energy to do yeah, that absolutely so in the next thing I wanted to kind of touch on with you was the concept of charting and we talked about this mm-hmm. earlier because you know I was saying how you know I charted when I was trying to have my girls and I can be honest I've not picked up a thermometer to chart my <laughs> cycle at all ever since <laughs> um, but i know that you talk about doing it not just for conception but also avoiding pregnancy um so yeah i'd love to have a conversation about charting and like what that means and what can how can it help us
1: yeah cool so i i often say to people if i'm not charting my cycle or using the fertility awareness method to achieve pregnancy i'm using it to avoid pregnancy but i'm always using it to monitor my health and well-being so we can see an incredible amount of information um, in charts when you're, when you're practising the, the fertility awareness method. So one of the key things we're able to tell when you're charting your cycles is whether you're ovulating or not, which is really crucial for women that are within their reproductive um, stage of their life um, to be to be ovulating regularly. So without ovulation, you're not producing the key hormone progesterone that I mentioned earlier. That you know supports your bone maintenance and it supports um, good sleep and and um, reduces anxiety and depression and things like that. It um, reduces inflammation, protects your heart, protects your brain, all those great things. So it's essential that that women understand if they're ovulating. And the thing is, a lot of women can have what seems like a um, I'm using air quotes like a a typical period each month, um, and it's not actually happening because you can still bleed without actually having an ovulation. So Um, it's really that's the key thing that we can see but you can also see things to do with like um, your thyroid health is something that you can monitor with charting there's lots of elements that we can actually see within those charts that's essential to your overall health not just fertility or or trying to have or or avoid a baby yeah yeah so
0: overall hormone health like our female health as opposed to just it's go time I can make a baby or not make a baby yeah
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I think, and I think a lot of the like society almost kind of um, made us think that hormones are just about having babies. So yeah. it's even the word fertility. When when I say to people fertility, they think they say, "I've heard multiple times. Look, that that fertility stuff doesn't apply to me. I'm not going to have a baby." But fertility, in essence, is is all about our hormones, and and women need healthy functioning hormones to function in all areas of their life and to have good health and well being um, overall, not just not just in the baby space.
0: Yeah. So what sort of things do we chart? So like when I was charting, it was my temperature. So can we just maybe explain what that means? Yeah. yeah, in terms of charting, charting your temperature and is there other things you need to be paying attention to when you're
1: keeping track of your cycle? Yeah, definitely. So it depends which method you've practiced. So there's many different um, methods of charting or fertility awareness, but essentially there's different kinds of biomarkers that attract. So there's your temperature, Temperature is really good. It's a retrospective marker of ovulation. So, it confirms whether ovulation is happening for you. And um, We're able to see that on the chart with the temperature shift. Um, essentially, prior to ovulation, you've got a lower temperature than post-ovulation. And temperature charting is also how we can monitor things like thyroid health. But the other, uh, other things that, that you would monitor when charting is your cervical fluid or cervical mucus. So, that is a direct indication of what's happening hormonally within the body as well. So we're able to see a lot about hormones by monitoring and observing um, cervical mucus changes throughout the cycle. Um, And then different methods use um, some sort of like hormonal testing. So the method that I'm trained in also utilises luteinizing hormone tests, so LH tests. Um, But that's, you know, not everyone chooses to use that. And then there's other methods as well where people check their cervical positioning, and that tells us, all um, gives us all these little data points that we then collate together and can work out where in your cycle you're ovulating if ovulation's occurring and then also helps us to determine the different phases of your cycle if they're at the right lengths as well to to promote yeah. good health yeah yeah
0: right so i guess you know like with our cycles is if we're out of kilter in some way or our body's not working the way that it should through you know the Influence of many and varied things that we have in mm-hmm. society, like overprocessed food and too mm-hmm. much, you know, smoking or alcohol chemicals. or chemicals of any form, toxins, yeah. busy lifestyles, too much exercise, not enough exercise, like all those sort of things. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, you know, I guess if if our cycles aren't, t- you know, if one's one part's going too long or too short. Um, that must have a big impact on your hormones because most of the time people only really focus on the length of your period. I've never really heard anyone talk yes. about the length of the other phases of my cycle. Even going into looking at perimenopause, which is the stage I'm going into, is all I ever find, if I'm Googling about it, all I ever see is how long is your period, how long does it last hmm. for, and what does it look like? That I've yep. n- never heard anyone say anything about the other phases, but it makes perfect yep. sense that... We would be homo- hormonally off balance if they weren't working mm.
1: properly. Absolutely, it's like, um, yeah, it, it, the, they're like the different parts of the cycle are like yin and yang in a sense. And um, you need, you know, one. But the first half of your cycle is generally more estrogen dominant, and then the second half is more dominant, dominated by the hormone progesterone. So they work against each other like yin and yang. And if you have, you know, one phase that's um, that's out of balance in comparison to the other one. You can definitely see that in terms of um, different signs and symptoms you have throughout your cycle, and, and hormonal problems and, and health problems. And um, when you look at your period, as essentially, um, Lara Bryden, Dr. Lara Brydon puts it this way: essentially, your period is a report card on how your previous cycle went. So the period is giving us lots of information about what how you actually how your cycle performed. I guess. In the previous cycle, so it's really great data that we can gather from all of that as well. Um, but yeah, looking at the lengths of each individual um part of the cycle all helps us to form that picture of how you how things are looking for you hormonally.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's just, I, lo- I just love that approach because you know, even myself in my own experience, which I'm sure then is replicated across across millions of other women <laughs> across the world, yeah. we're only focusing on that one small part, which even as you said, you can still have a bleed without ovulating. So potentially, yeah. maybe this is even happening for me, is that women are getting a period, but they're not actually ovulating. So there's a lot of stuff going on. We can't see what goes on inside. We can only go on the <laughs> symptoms it gives us.
1: Exactly. And that's the, that's the beauty of charting. We're able to really pull it apart and learn all those different little elements um, or biomarkers, as we refer to them as, and what that reflection is. And I know that I personally was raised to really believe um, that the period was the main event of the cycle but i really I, I try and push um push back on that as much as i can with clients and get them to really understand that ovulation is in fact the key event of the cycle because without a proper true ovulation we can't have a proper true period um yeah. so we need to confirm and make sure that we're actually ovulating to make sure that we're producing the right hormones and if, and if NSS, nss having the right um the right kind of flow and the right period and everything that comes with that so yeah
0: yeah and you know we can't go on to try and manage manage our energy if energy is not like off kilter and it's not quite working for us so this has been this has been enlightening enough for me already like I've already (laughs) learned so much today from talking to you about (laughs) this um okay so the last little bit I'd love to talk a bit about kind of that next life phase because it's relevant mm-hmm. to me. So I'm super interested in it, first of all, um, and it's my podcast. so I get to talk about it. <laughs> but also a lot of my audience are most pretty much all women and a lot of them are mums and a, a lot of them there's a large percentage that are mums that have finished their families. So they've had their children. Mm-hmm. They're not looking to have any more children and are kind of getting to that, you know, late 30s, early 40s and starting to think about that word menopause. And then, of course, now there's perimenopause, which I only found out that that even existed a couple of years ago and was like, You're telling me there's a precursor to Mm -hmm. the main event of the menopause? (laughs) Now (laughs) I've got to learn about this. Um, But it, you know, this is just where you get to in your own energy cycle of life, right? Like, this is it's like, okay, this is what's coming now. How do I kind of plan for this? So, for those women, myself included, that are really starting to feel that energy shift towards that phase of their life what can you yeah. tell us about what we can look for in terms of our cycles or charting mm-hmm. or to, you know yeah help us with our energy there
1: yeah so if I'm if I'm really honest the whole perimenopause phase is is a bit of a tricky transition um and I like I like you and like a lot of women, before I did any of this this formal training, I never even knew that perimenopause existed either. I just, you, you hear the big menopause word and you think, you know, that's all something we're going to get to at some point, you know, our late 50s or whatever. You don't really think about it.
0: No, I just thought I'd wake up one night with a hot sweat and then I'd realise I was in yeah. menopause. That's really what I thought would happen. <laughs> I realised there's yeah. a lot more to it than
1: that. <laughs> yeah um i didn't i didn't realize it was such a transition so it it sort of it starts for most women late 30s early 40s but the actual period of perimenopause which is the lead up to menopause can can be anywhere up to about seven years on average so it can take quite a while for that process to to happen and it's really quite a sequence really of events so it's almost like your your hormones when you um, reach puberty they sort of gear up and then we have this um, throughout our reproductive years where you are know, fully functioning we have we go in and out of hormonal cycles as we have children and breastfeed and those sorts of things but where that's the height of our hormonal activity and um, our fertility and then it's and then as we reach perimenopause it starts to to go back down again or or um, or lower so essentially what happens is we start to lower, our progesterone levels will start to lower first. And so, you know, remembering all of those great things that the um, the hormone progesterone does for our bodies, we start to notice that that lowers off first. And then we have a period of higher estrogen because that progesterone is lowering off. So that then happens over a period of time. And that's when you might start to notice lots of different symptoms like heavier periods, painful periods, um, night sweats, um, you might have some issues with trying to sleep at nighttime because if you remember the things that that progesterone was doing to support all of those things, the progesterone starting to drop away. And then after you have that period of higher estrogen, you then move into a period of then lower estrogen levels and things start to normalize a bit. Um, the important thing to remember when it comes to perimenopause and is this, the symptoms are temporary um, and they're part of that transition that's going on. Um, and they really are. They are temporary, but there's lots that you can do to sort of build the resilience and help you and guide yourself through that transition. So, um, things like making sure that you're you're set up um, nutritionally, you're, you're moving your body, um, you're prioritizing your sleep, all of those things that you need to be doing, you should be doing anyway, but it's even more important when you're moving into those cycles because a lot of things are actually happening. Um, neurologically as well like there's this whole kind of um reconfiguration that happens in this period so there's a lot that's actually going on um, your body is having to readjust to um functioning with these different levels of hormones that it's that it's um not been used to in the previous part of your life um one thing i will say is again going back to dr Laura bright and she has a book um that was released i believe this year um the hormone repair manual um it is it's an essential read for anyone that's moving into this phase of their life if you haven't already got that um it's it's amazing because not only does it talk you through the stages and what to expect but she also gives you really great strategies on how to manage that part of life mm. and and how to get through it um and how to write it out <laughs> um <laughs>
0: yeah oh yeah it's that's you yeah. Don't, don't we as women just always feel like we're riding out a phase of our life? Like you know, yeah, you're riding much. out having babies. <laughs> we're riding out having toddlers. We're riding out mm-hmm. teenagers. <laughs> like there's always a phase of our life we're riding out. Um, it's it's so interesting because um, I was oh, listening. It was a workshop someone was doing, and um, they were talking about how when at a certain age, right? Like when you talk about a woman's life span there's mm. a certain age group where you our bodies produce more I think it's estrogen um yep. to have the energy to raise little children because little children mm-hmm. are so energetic and mm. as we, anyone who's had little children knows you don't stop <laughs> running that's why I reckon young mums are so skinny because they don't stop moving their kids are running around like you know I, I was I was really skinny too when my kids were little. Now they can do stuff for themselves. I don't need to get up as much. So I've got to work on it a little bit more than I used to. Um, plus, I'm also older now, so that's that's something that's happened. But and then you know they were saying how you know the, that the way society is delayed having a family until later, you've actually got women having children at a stage of their life where they don't have the hormones to support their energy to be able Mm -hmm. to have like actually keep up with these really energetic little children. And, you know, the reason our bodies do that is because, you know, if you have children in in that kind of whatever that window age is, I I can't remember what it was, but then when they get older, your energy is dropping off, but you don't need it as much because they, you know, they're moving into the next phase of their life and they're more self sufficient and more independent. And I can see that because, you know, I'm be 42 in a couple of weeks and, you know, I've got some friends who they they did have children later and some of them have got like three-year-olds. And honestly, like, I'll just be like, I don't know how you're doing this. Like there is no yeah. way I feel that I would have the energy to raise my girls um, at those ages now. But I, know yeah. I so had more energy to do it back then. So mm. it sounds like, you know, that transition into perimenopause really probably reflects that as well yeah. and it's really there to move you into that next phase of your life but because of all these um you know different influences and toxins and lifestyle choices that we all have it's just putting it out of whack for a lot of people and yeah. because we've not been taught to be in tune with it we've start, we just immediately think something's wrong with us
1: when absolutely there's actually absolutely. really
0: nothing wrong with us
1: yep yeah. yep yeah. no it's exactly right and it's same with um even just that transition into perimenopause just really not there's not a lot of education on it um, and no. what to expect.
0: Yeah. There really um, isn't because I've been looking and I can't yeah. find much. <laughs>
1: mm. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> well, that book that I mentioned is is very good. It's a very good yeah. read. I think there's an audio book as well for the busy busy lady. Yeah. It? And it's not that that's not there. It's just that it's hard to
0: find. Like well, this, is, There yeah. is stuff there. It's just hard to find. It's like, um, you know, when the girls started to get older and I wanted to find things to read about raising teenagers, I was like I had to really look for it. Like it wasn't really accessible, but stuff on, you know, you go into the parenting section of the bookstore and there's all about baby sleep schedules and baby feeding and lots of stuff about pregnancy. But there wasn't, there is stuff about teens, but it's just not, you just have to look a little bit harder. And it feels like it's the same for perimenopause and menopause as well.
1: I feel like, and I feel like the topic of perimenopause and menopause is getting more. Um, more accepted <laughs> and yes. I feel like it's it's probably going to follow a pattern where it's going to be there's going to be more people um, I guess specializing in it and talking about it yes because even when it came to practicing fertility awareness when I so seven years ago when I first was looking for an instructor I could barely find anyone for that either um, and then all of a sudden they've been popping up everywhere and and it's which is really good because it means that there's more of us out there to get the word out and to, and to speak to women but I feel like it's a, this i feel like perimenopause and menopause is following a similar um kind of pattern in that in that respect and i am seeing more come out about it but yeah there definitely still is a um a shortage on information and and yeah resources I, for women
0: i'm here for the change in society i'm here for that i think mm-hmm. you know like it all i just think we all have all of us have inside of us everything that we need we just need to listen yep. to it more we've just become very out of tune with listening to our bodies and not honoring that absolutely mm mm-hmm. mhm and because we've been taught not to, we've been taught to forge mm-hmm. on and pull up our big girl panties and, you know, suck it up and get it done and yep. <laughs> and not to not to show vulnerability. I guess
1: absolutely, yep. yeah, yep. That's yeah. That's where the name of my business comes from: the, the body blueprint. Like I'm really in. It's about getting women in touch with that original body blueprint. You know, love we're that. born with all of the tools that we need to control our reproductive health. We just don't listen to them anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, I love it. Love it. This has been oh. Besides being an interview that is going to be so helpful for people, I've learned so much today myself. So this has been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this Excellent. has been great. It's been like really productive, you know, um, podcast interview for me for sure. So I am 100 sure that people listening, women out there, are going to want to get in touch with you. So can you please tell everyone where they can find you on the internet?
1: Absolutely. So I have a website, www.bodyblueprint.com.au, and there is no e in blueprint. <laughs> um and also I'm on I'm on Instagram and Facebook, but I'm more active on Instagram. Um underscore or sorry at the body blueprint underscore.
0: Yeah. And it's blueprint B L U B L U print. No E. Yeah. Yes, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well just to you make know. things tricky. Hey, look, we have to be specific about Instagram handles because Instagram makes Mm. it hard for us with having to put dots and underscores and all sorts of things in it anyway. So it's good to make sure people know exactly where to (laughs) find you. And obviously all the links to connect with Hannah will be on the show notes page for today's episode that I mentioned um, in my intro. So thank you so much, Hannah. This has been awesome. Absolutely. Thank you. It's been so much fun. Yeah, it's been a great combo. Thanks for listening to the Social Hub Podcast. You can find the show notes for today's episode over at all the W's, the socialhubau.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to join me in my community and continue the conversation, jump over to Facebook and join the Social Media 101 Facebook group. Until then, stay classy.